The Cleveland Browns are a good team, but all the injuries they're dealing with right now set up some very advantageous matchups for the Chicago Bears. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Oren Cox. You can hear me five days a week here on the Locked On Bears podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can find Locked On Bears on any of your favorite social media platforms, everywhere you find podcasts, and on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel. Thanks for making us your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Bears is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. On the show today, we put together a game plan for what the Chicago Bears need to do to beat the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. We'll go through what to expect from Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns offense that's still finding its feet a little bit with Flacco, a veteran quarterback who could pick things up quickly, but still simple, I think, in what they're doing on that side of the ball. Plus, some injuries on that offensive line changed the dynamics there, and really only a couple of key weapons in their passing game to be concerned with, and I think an aggressive game plan will go a long way on defense. Offensively, you got to be worried about Miles Garrett coming after Justin Fields. That's going to be priority number one, but the Browns, We'll give you a lot of single coverage for your receivers on the back end. So some opportunities here for the Bears passing game to get going quite a bit in this one. And we'll wrap up with the matchups that will go very far in deciding who wins this game. The matchups one-on-one that the Bears need to win in order to come out on top in this one. But defensively, when you're preparing for the Cleveland Brown offense, it's Joe Flacco now again back in the NFL rolling again with the Browns. Who's, he's technically their fourth string quarterback this year because it was Deshaun Watson and then it was kind of PJ Walker and kind of Dorian Thompson Robinson, but they've been two and three. And now we're on to the Joe Flacco show, the veteran brought in off the street just a few weeks ago. And so there's very clearly still uh, a adjustment period there, a learning curve, a sort of like a, Hey, like he doesn't have this offense mastered. They're not operating the full playbook at full speed. Things from a passing game standpoint, tend to be a little bit more simplified, understandably. And Flacco's been able to execute a simplified offense at a fairly quick, high level because he's a veteran who's done this before and won a lot of football games in his career. But it does limit a little bit more of what they might want to do offensively, ideally, if they had a quarterback who's been more established in the system. You know, you're really seeing him stick generally to a, you know, a lot of one-read type plays and more, you know, your basic patterns, Right. He threw a lot of slants last week against the the Jaguars. Not like deep ones, not even all the way, but like the quick snap, turn, throw the slant, right? It's not even to the middle of the field by the time the ball gets there. It's slants, it's curls, you know, to the outside, not super deep. You know, we're talking five, six, seven yard curls. And then like deeper out routes, you know, those kind of flood concepts, but pretty simple stuff, right? Slants, curls, out routes, and then a lot of little like, checkdowns to the flat, right? Whether it's the running back on the flare out of the backfield or just, you know, the slot receiver running straight to the flats or whatever it is. 
a lot of that, right? It's, you'll, you know, you'll kind of have that flood concept where you'll have a deep out and then underneath and you'll just read high, low there. They throw a lot of that, throw a lot of the quick slants, throw a lot of hitches. All of those are plays where it pays to be aggressive with your corners. And it so just so happens the Bears have some corners that are pretty good being aggressive. But like, you know, certainly there's a there's always the risk of a double move, but you kind of got to trust that your pass rush will be good enough that if they try the double move, that the play won't have enough time to develop there. Like I'm much more confident and comfortable biting on the slant, right? As soon as you see that receiver make his break, go. You know, don't hesitate. Don't wait for the double move. Don't, don't be worried. Just you see it. Go after it because just jump on those slants, jump on those out routes, jump on those curls and attack downhill on those underneath routes. And you should be able to limit then certainly yards after the catch, but also contest a lot of these catch points because they're quicker concepts. He's generally getting rid of the ball fairly quickly when he has time. You know, he'll load up and try and take some deep shots here. He hits some go routes and some deeper downfield stuff. But for the most part, it's quick underneath stuff that they want to get him in rhythm that way. So I think with as well as Montez Sweat and this defensive line has generally been playing, even without Yannick Ngakwe, now on injured reserve, like I think I can trust my cornerbacks enough to be aggressive versus these Browns receivers and know that they're trying to get rid of the ball quickly. So react quickly and take the first thing, take your, follow your instinct there and don't worry as much about getting burned on double moves and, and trying to go deep because you're going to see the Browns offense generally want to run the ball more. Take that pressure off of Joe Flacco, get the running game going. We heard Jeff Lloyd from Lockdown Browns talk about it on yesterday's Crossover Thursday podcast. Go back and take a listen to that if you have not yet up to this point. They, they want to get this ground game going a little bit and make life easier for Flacco. So for me, if I know that they want to run the ball and they generally want to hit quicker stuff in the passing game, then I'm going to load up the box. I'm going to bring a safety down. I'm going to let my cornerbacks play up and trust them that, you know, if they do, you know, if, if I've got eight guys in the box and they do pass it, that Jalen Johnson can handle that. Not too worried there. Tyreek Stevenson, ups and downs, but generally a guy in one-on-one press coverage is pretty good there. I I like my chances there. Honestly, I would pretty strongly consider having Jalen Johnson shadow cover Amari Cooper. Wherever Amari Cooper lines up, Jalen Johnson follows him. Left, right, slot, you name it. Put Jalen Johnson on him because the passing game with Flacco especially, it pretty much all flows through Amari Cooper and then David Njoku at, at tight end. Like Elijah Moore make some plays here and there. And, you know, they'll get it to the other receivers and the running backs at times a little bit here and there, but feels a little bit more check downy to me there. We're not really seeing Joe Flacco attack a lot of the middle of the field so far as a quarterback, a lot of stuff working to the sidelines. So like, I'm not as worried about the bears linebackers in coverage, even against Njoku or certainly any of the slot receivers. Like it's much more slot cornerback versus Njoku or safety in the slot in the flat versus Njoku, like working more towards the outside than gashing you over and over, over the middle. With the exception of the red zone, it seems like red zone, Flacco's happy to go in Joku middle of the field, hit him, I think, for two different touchdowns against the Jaguars last week. But like between the 20s, certainly, sidelines is where a lot of this battle is going to be won and fought in the secondary. And, and you hope that you can trust your cornerbacks at this stage of the process and load up the box to stop the run and, in theory, keep the uh, Joe Flacco experience more or less contained. You're not going to totally shut everything down, but I think given how well this Bears defense is playing, I'm not overly concerned about Flacco and this Browns offense completely lighting you up, especially with the injuries they've had at offensive tackle. The, you know, the, your pass protection is going to be a bit more vulnerable in front of Joe Flacco, so you should be able to get after him a little bit. Not a mobile quarterback at age 38 or 39, however old he is at this stage of the process. He's 38, turns 39 in January. So 
I, I like I like my chances with this Bears defense. It's the Bears offense going up against a pretty darn good Browns defense and that big threat at the outside linebacker spot, I guess defensive end spot, number 95, Miles Garrett. He has to be the focal point of any offensive game plan, but some of the other injuries, particularly in the secondary for Cleveland, can open some things up for this Bears passing game and maybe Justin Fields' legs as well. We'll go through what to expect from this Cleveland Browns defense next on Locked on Bears. This episode of Locked on Bears is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs because LinkedIn Jobs has all the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. I'm on LinkedIn. I bet you're on LinkedIn. And if you're not on LinkedIn, a lot of your friends, family, and coworkers are on LinkedIn. So you're getting a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And that hiring is really easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And they, they know at LinkedIn that small businesses wear a lot of hats. You don't always have a lot of time or resources to invest in hiring. So they've got plenty of features that make it intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We saw the last time the Chicago Bears played the Cleveland Browns. It didn't go particularly great for one Justin Fields. You might remember First career start, 2021, week three against the Cleveland Browns. Justin Fields sacked nine times in that game. Miles Garrett had four and a half. Jadavion Clowney, not there anymore, but Zadarius Smith is there. He had two, and then you know a few different other players ended up getting in on the action. But generally speaking, Miles Garrett more or less terrorized. I think that's probably a fair way to characterize it. Terrorized Justin Fields in that game. Now, that was back when I think Jason Peters started at left tackle in that game. That's where the Bears up. It was Jason Peters, Cody Whitehair, Sam Mustafer, James Daniels, and Jermaine Effetti was that offensive line. So you weren't necessarily as confident in your offensive tackles then as you might be now. But still, not everyone is fully confident in, in say, Braxton Jones and certainly Donald Wright as a rookie. You never like your matchup there with a rookie versus maybe the best pass rusher in football, if not the second best pass rusher in football, that's where everything starts, right? Wherever Miles Garrett's lining up on a particular play, the protection has to be built around that. You're sliding the protection to his side. You're at some points leaving a tight end in to double team him, or at the very least having the tight end, you know, whether it's Cole Komet or Mercedes Lewis or whoever, chip on Miles Garrett before getting out into their route on any play that the tight end is in line and, you know, ideally you motion in the Miles Garrett's side of the play. You know, if the running back stays in, he's looking over the Miles Garrett side. He's looking to either chip and release or stay in and try and double on that. Like you always got to check on, okay, where's Miles Garrett and where is the help on Miles Garrett? That's just, he's just that good and that important. Even though he's been playing like a little bit injured this season, you know, he wasn't practicing to start this week because just to kind of give him the rest, but then practiced on Thursday. So, I mean, he'll be good to go. He's just not. 100%, but not a lot of players are truly 100% at this stage, and he's still really, really good. It's not to overlook 
the rest of that defensive line, which is also good. You know, Zadarius Smith, former Green Bay Packer, is on the other side. He's having a strong season, still playing well at this stage of his career. But, like, at the end of the day, yeah, he might get a pressure or maybe a sack and and kind of take what I can get there. Like, if I can eliminate – well, you can't eliminate Miles Garrett, right? But, like, if I can – minimize the Miles Garrett impact. And okay, I get a little bit of Zaria Smith pressure or, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson on the interior is not just a run defender, but he can get some good pressure up front. Like those guys are worth paying attention to and, and, you know, having concern about, but game plan wise and scheme wise, I'm scheming for Miles Garrett and I'm kind of living with my matchups on everybody else, even though like, you know, they have a good defensive line. Like you can't, you can't protect and scheme every really good player off their defensive line and not have any of them have any kind of impact in the game. You got to pick and choose your battles. And if I'm picking and choosing my battles, it's all in on stopping Garrett. And I'll trust, you know, my interior one-on-one or trying to double team Dalvin Thompson. And I'll trust my other offensive tackle against Zedaria Smith, who might win that matchup sometimes. But I'd rather have that happen occasionally than let Miles Garrett take over the game by letting him run free one-on-one against your tackles and getting another four and a half sacks and, you know, nine total sacks on Justin Fields. To be clear, like, Fields' pocket presence is a lot better now than it was in his first career start. Like, that that alone should reduce the number of sacks in this game. But still, like, the pressure can really cause a lot of problems there because the Browns are a defense that play more cover one than any team in football. Single deep safety, man coverage underneath. And so there's going to be a lot of one-on-one opportunities for your receivers. They're going to leave their corners and man coverage and say, all right, DJ Moore, go beat Denzel Ward. You know, that there's your one-on-one matchup. It's you two in man coverage with a, a safety in the middle. But if you're on the outside, you know, the middle of the field is a little bit, you know, it's more of a one-on-one matchup at that point. So go win. You know, if you're going vertical, blow by him. If you're going to run a comeback route, you know, put a nice move. If you're digging over the middle, like make sure that your routes are crisp and you're not selling it and that you can accelerate away from him and, and all that stuff. Like make sure that you're getting that. They mostly cover one and a lot of cover three as well. Mostly single deep safeties. So they can bring another safety down in the box and try and shut down your running game a little bit more. And then expecting more of that. I'm expecting that when they play that cover one, instead of instead of having like their un, their other zone player over the middle be in a zone, I think they'll do single deep safety, five defenders in man coverage, and then QB spy is what I'm guessing they'll try and do there. Like it'll be kind of a middle of the field zone, kind of a QB spy, just to make sure that Justin Fields doesn't just run all over them. Because if they're just sitting back in man coverage, then only the safety is looking at the quarterback there. So he can scramble and the corners aren't looking for him and he could really do a lot of damage with his legs. I have a feeling they're going to keep an eye on him a little bit better than that. But regardless, like to me, it's the one-on-one corner versus receiver, or really it's just like any sort of pass catcher versus any sort of coverage player, whether it's a tight end, a running back, or a wide receiver out there you're going to find a lot of one-on-one coverage, especially on the outside. Maybe they gunk up the middle of the field a little bit more with that cover one or with, with cover three, and it becomes a little bit harder to attack those areas, but it's 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 DJ Moore, man. You just got to be better than your opponent. They're expecting to have cornerback Denzel Ward back. He's missed at least the last game, if not the last couple of games, working on an injury, but he is participating in a limited basis in practice so far this week with a shoulder injury. He should If he's good to go, you know, the, the three starting corners for the Browns are all pretty good. Denzel Ward, uh, their third-round pick from a couple years ago, Martin Emerson, and then a first-round pick from a few years before that, uh, Greg Newsom. Like, those three guys have been pretty solid this season. You know, they're not – you know, there's not, like, a, a, a big vulnerable one, like, oh, yeah, go attack him, get DJ Moore matched on with this guy because he's the big weak link. If Denzel Ward can't go, then 
Greg Newsom will play the outside and they'll bring in their backup slot cornerback, the rookie fifth round pick Cameron Mitchell. He's the weak link. Then get your slot matchup there one on one and absolutely attack that. But for the most part, it's solid cornerback. You're not going to find a lot of easy options for your team there. And at the end of the day, like you need these receivers to win. DJ Moore is very talented. We are pretty sure Darnell Mooney is pretty talented. You know, it'd be nice to have somebody like Tyler Scott out there playing well in a game like this. And we'll see how the injury report looks. Equinomia St. Brown's not practicing this week, so he might not be able to go at this point. But you know, the Bears have been a little thin at receiver the last couple of weeks. But to be able to get that rolling against one-on-one matchups, like this is going to be more of a mano-a-mano talent thing as opposed to like scheme taking away certain things that you might want to do offensively in your passing game. And certainly you're going to want to run the ball. Like we kind of know the formula at this stage for the Bears offense more broadly. It's run the ball well, avoid negative plays like penalties and sacks so you can stay ahead of the stick so Fields doesn't get into second and third long and have to pass and do heroic things to bring this team back. Keep things simple that way. That should be the plan again here and know that the Browns are up without either of their starting safeties, so deep shots should be able to be there, especially with one-on-one coverage elsewhere on the field. Like, there's opportunity here, but this Browns defense plays really well in spite of their injuries, and a lot of that has to do with having guys like Miles Garrett, but also Zadarius Smith and Dalvin Tomlinson up front. Like, and their linebackers are pretty talented too, but to me, I'm more worried about more worried about the pass rush and then getting my one-on-ones everywhere else. A lot of this game is going to be winning one-on-one matchups, not just at wide receiver and cornerback, but elsewhere on this roster. I want to go through some of the matchups we haven't talked specifically about yet that will go a long way towards determining who's going to win this game next on Locked on Bears. This episode of Locked on Bears is brought to you by our friends at BetterHelp. BetterHelp provides online therapy that's easy and super accessible, especially this time of year around the holiday season. It can be really difficult for a lot of people. It can stir up a lot of different things and make you feel guilty or there's just different stresses when it comes to family and other relationships. And BetterHelp can be a great way to help you through that and not make it so difficult on yourself, right? It's about it's about being your best self through this process and taking care of yourself. I I like to think of therapy as like going to the gym for my brain, right? I don't I don't go to the gym because my body's broken, but I go because I want my body to be its strongest and at its best. Same thing with therapy. I don't go to therapy because my brain is broken and I'm in crisis, but it's because I want my brain to be its best. So if you've been thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's convenient, flexible, and suited right to your schedule. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. One-on-one matchups always end up deciding these games. It's as we know, it's it's more about the 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 Jimmys and Joes than the X's and O's. And we've talked about some of the key players in this game, but not necessarily all the key one-on-one matchups. And I think first and foremost, when it comes to Miles Garrett, this is going to be the Braxton Jones battle for him. Miles Garrett does occasionally go against the right tackle, but the vast majority of the time, he's lined up over the left tackle. That's how we saw him get four and a half sacks the last time he played Justin Fields two years ago. Like this is going to be a real test for Braxton Jones. I've been impressed by Braxton since he's been back from injury. I tend to think he's not an elite left tackle by any means, but a left tackle who's played good enough that you don't need to replace him this offseason. Now, if there's a tackle there at the top of the draft, he's not so good that I'm going to for sure pass on the tackle. I'll still take best player available, but like left tackle's not high on my needs list for the Bears this offseason up to this point. 
And Braxton Jones can go a long way towards solidifying his future job security by how he does versus Miles Garrett. Understanding that you should give him a lot of help and not just leave him one-on-one, but even with help. Like, it's still hard for a lot of left tackles to contain Miles Garrett with help. And it'll be a really good test for Braxton Jones, who has not faced him before, but there's a lot of tape on Miles Garrett. But even knowing what he's going to do isn't always that much of a help because he's just bigger, faster, stronger, and smarter than pretty much every tackle he goes against. So that's the Braxton Jones battle for sure is, is where Miles Garrett's damage is going to be done. Other spot offensively that I'm looking at as far as getting the passing game going, yeah, we're going to see Darnell Mooney and DJ Moore get some one-on-ones versus corners and stuff. But with the two safeties out for the Browns, right? Their, their backup safeties are likely to be Ronnie Hickman and former Chicago Bear Deron Harmon. To me, that's where Cole Komet can do some damage, right? When they play a lot of that single deep safety coverage, cover one or cover three, then the other safety is going to come down in the box. And primarily, depending on how you, you know, align formationally, it's going to be the safety that matches up more with the tight end because the slot corner is going to be on the side of the slot receiver. And I, and if your tight end's on the other side or even on the same side, it's going to be the safety who's then left or a linebacker to cover Cole Komet. And so working Cole Komet in those matchups, not even necessarily always over the middle of the field, but even working to the sideline from the inline tight end position versus Harmon and, and, and Hickman, those should be some favorable, favorable matchups for Komet to do some damage. We saw Evan Ingram have a really big game for the Jaguars in a similar position last week. Evan Ingram faster than Cole Komet, more of an athletic tight end in that way, but still we've seen Komet do some damage before. And I think he could get some more favorable matchups there. If Denzel Ward is out, and the Browns have to use their backup slot cornerback, Cameron Mitchell, then Darnell Mooney needs to eat against Mitchell because he's just not very good as a rookie fifth-round pick. He didn't play very well last week, and the Browns are really hoping to not have to use him. So that, to me, could be a fun matchup if Ward isn't able to go, but I'm expecting Ward to be back, and so then it falls more on Komet versus the safeties than Mooney versus the backup slot cornerback. On the other side, though, I'm expecting the Cleveland Browns to aggressively go after Tyreek Stevenson. A few, different te- a few different teams have taken that approach over the course of the season. And it makes a lot of sense when your other choice is Jalen Johnson on the other side. And, and when, we, when we talk about Joe Flacco earlier, right, we said slants, hitches, outs, and then stuff to the flats. That's all generally outside cornerback matchup routes. Certainly there are certain, there are, you can run the slant and the hitch and the out from the slot, but like the areas of the field that those are attacking tend to be spots that are a little bit more outside cornerback focused. And so to me, Wherever Jalen is, they're probably going to generally try and look away unless he's just super off in coverage and you think you can get one by him. But but Tyreek Stevenson, the rookie who sometimes has gotten burned this season, you know, if I'm the Browns, I'm trying to get uh, Amari Cooper over there. If the Bears are shadowing Amari Cooper with Jalen Johnson, which is kind of why I might consider doing that because I think they're always going to try and get it to throw it towards Tyreek Stevenson. So if they want to try and get Amari Cooper on Tyreek Stevenson, then you just have Jalen Johnson go wherever Mark Cooper is, and then Stevenson goes elsewhere so they can't get Cooper on Stevenson. So it might end up being Tyreek Stevenson versus Elijah Moore then if it's not if you're shadowing Amari Cooper. But either way, I think Flacco's going to go after Stevenson. And, that, and, and for Stevenson to be able to win those one-on-ones consistently. And in theory, like when he's gotten burned this season, it's on double moves or plays that are later developing where it's, you know, it's like late in the play and then he makes a mistake there, but like he should be good. If it's a quick slant, just go get it, go hit him. Like that's what he did well in college. So it should be a matchup that works a little bit better for Tyreek Stevenson, but easier said than done. And rookies make rookie mistakes and rookies of his kind to kind of have those big highs and big lows, even throughout the same game. So that's kind of what I'm expecting. Like 
It wouldn't surprise me if Stevenson gets a pick, but also gets smoked on a slant route for a big gain or something like that, or you know, or misses on an out route and bites bites wrong on the goes the underneath coverage or something like make some kind of decently important coverage mistake on a play, but then also gets a big pass breakup or a big interception. To me, that feels like what to expect because I think the Browns are going to go after him quite a bit. And then I'm also concerned about David Njoku at the tight end spot. Coming off a big game, I know we heard from Jeff Lloyd on yesterday's crossover Thursday that with Njoku, there's been some inconsistency where he's either an all-star type player or disappears for a game, but he seems like he's been playing a little bit better as of late, and Joe Flacco liked him as that sort of security blanket, either quick to the outside or in the red zone over the middle of the field. Because because of how the Bears may load the box here, I think it's going to end up being more of a Jaquan Brisker type matchup versus Njoku as opposed to like, you know, Kyler Gordon will be more like slot receiver. He doesn't tend to do as much tight end coverage one-on-one in that regard. And the Browns don't tend to attack, again, like the middle of the field. If they're not attacking the middle of the field, it's not going to be the linebackers as much. It's going to be more like the safety and the slot who are covering these sidelines and in the flats a little bit more. So that's why I think it ends up coming down to Jaquan Brisker. But... Jaquan Brisker missed practice on Thursday with a groin injury after being limited on Wednesday. So it got worse from Wednesday to Thursday. So now, as we record this podcast, very much up in the air, whether Jaquan Brisker will be able to go or not. If he's not able to go, the backup is still Quindell Johnson, the undrafted free agent that they brought in at the beginning of the year. I don't like that matchup versus David Njoku, but that's what you might be left with if Brisker can't go. So either way, who's ever at that spot is going to be in a critical safety spot. And sometimes Eddie Jackson might come down and cover him too. And that's part of the matchup too. But it feels to me like Brisker versus Njoku is a big one for this Bears defense, not letting the Browns offense move the ball consistently down the field. I'm, I'm, I'm not super worried about it overall. I think we're due for a, not due for, but I think we're in for a lower scoring game. There's a reason why, FanDuel has the over-under set at like 37 points. I mean, that's a, that's what, you know, tw- uh, 20 to 17 type final is what the that would project, you know, roughly. So it's not going to be high. I don't think it's going to be high-flying, big-scoring offense, but Bears are going to get their – the Bears should have opportunities with one-on-ones and injured safeties. So it could be there for some more offensive explosion, but I think the pass rush of the Browns will limit some of what the Bears want to do there. So – it's going to be one of these kind of tough-fought games, probably a lot of field goals as well. So we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be a good test for the Bears, and I think it's going to be a fun game. And we'll see. Are the, is this a team that can win three in a row and continue some of this hot streak, or will they come back down to earth a little bit more? I think I think their defense will play well. I think their offense will struggle a little bit again. And more like it'll be more like the Vikings game, right, where hopefully not 12-10, no touchdowns, but it'll feel more like the Vikings game where it's like, it's kind of a slog, but your offense is doing kind of enough and you somehow win the game. Like, sure. I, I think at this point we'd all take it versus a, a playoff caliber Cleveland Browns team. Whatever happens, you can be sure. We'll break it all down for you right here on the Lockdown Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Really appreciate you making Lockdown Bears your first listen today. If you're looking for your second listen, Check out our NFL Live Locked On NFL Kickoff Live show on the Locked On NFL YouTube channels. You can find it pretty much anywhere you find a Locked On podcast. It's, it's connected with the live stream there. It'll be going on this afternoon, previewing all the games for Sunday, getting you ready for all your matchups. So some great content coming over there. Coming back Monday for another Locked On Bears and another opportunity for you to bear down.